Golden Deer Productions. Golden Deer. Oh, oh, wait, was that not it? Hey, enter, just, you forgot to enter. Whoa. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. This is Connor Hall of the Golden Hours Podcast. And before we begin today, you can toss those on so you can hear me. Before we begin, listen, big news, man. Big GDP event, January 17th. I've been going crazy sales mode. Probably 40 or 50 calls a day, landing tables left and right like a maniac, landing sponsors, landing partnerships, networking. That's me. I'm a different guy on the phone than I am on camera. <laughs> Business. But hey, I'd love for you guys to come. We got like 10 tables left. It's going to be totally fresh. Big Fresh is actually mixing it. C-Mac is hopefully going to be here I'll too. Be nice. And, and hey, you and Honey, welcome to come. V- very good possibility. And listen, <laughs> dude, when you come, drink booze. But you probably can't drink. What are you, crazy? <laughs> well, of course that. I can fucking drink. What do you got? Uh, hey, you, you make bump, your own decisions. Did you bump your head? Also, <laughs> before we begin, also, ready? Yeah. Hey, this is Connor Hall with the Golden Hours Podcast. And if you by chance get any sort of value from this episode, whether you laugh, cry, you're entertained, or you get some information, dude, just share it with a friend. And if you don't have any friends, you shouldn't be listening to podcasts. Definitely not. Definitely not. All right. Who do we got in the building? All right. This is C-Mac producing another episode. Happy New Year to all our listeners. And uh, let's kick 2020's ass. Love it. Young Fountain of Youth in the building. And then on my right, we have a Platinum Hour today. And to be honest, man, (laughs) our last episode, it was one of my favorites because like you're one of the most transparently honest dudes I know, and your story is like really dope. And so I know you've had you've had some turns of events, and I'm happy you're back, man. I'm happy to fucking be here. Mm-hmm. Christ sake, it's been a yeah. 2019 was uh, about as crazy as as a year could potentially be. Bef- before we move on, can you just explain who you are and what you do? Uh, my name is Andrew, uh, otherwise known as the Boston Trucker. I. I'm I'm a truck driver by day, and uh, a pseudo internet celebrity by whatever. Known for some of your content creation. Exactly. So, uh, apparently, allegedly, I'm funny. Uh, I try to just tell things how they are, as I see them, and uh, I've 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 uh, been able to pick up some some followers and whatnot from uh, my authenticity and uh, the fact that I'm as genuine as I am. And one thing I pick that totally stuck with me from the last episode was like, dude, I mean, you for real right now? <laughs> nah, bro. I just, you know, she's fucking, she's an idiot. Anyway. What one, are you doing right one, now, one, Andrew? One thing I picked up from the last episode was like, yo, you may have a persona and you're a great dude, but you are probably one of the most intelligent individuals I think we had on the show. And I mean that. The most cl- most sneaky, smart dude you've ever met in your life. There's, I don't know many other people that are l- as linguistically advanced as you. I'm a 10th grade dropout, too. I know. So write that so down, kids. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, you, you know what? Sometimes, you know, I found my family on the city streets. So I, I've, been, I've been very blessed that um, a lot of my um, mentors... Uh, like myself, you know, come from nothing and nowhere, um, but they're very, very intelligent people. You know, oftentimes you can, you can find that school is good for certain people, but not everybody. 
So um, I had a hard time in school because, well, a variety of different reasons. First and foremost, I couldn't keep my fucking hands to myself. <laughs> Secondly. Were your hands on other men or other women? Oh, please. <laughs> Just I wondering. I got a lot of kids. Yeah. So I, Whoa. Yeah. I, and the thing is, is I didn't intend to have all these kids. I just like well, to geez. practice. <laughs> so anyway, so whoa. Um, like I said, school is for some people, but not for others. One of one of my biggest mentors in life is actually a local guy. He's from Charlestown. Uh, Rob Lind is his name. What does he do? He is um, first and foremost a singer songwriter. Um, the tattoo on my hand, if you can see that, whatever, is uh, from a band called Blood for Blood. And as I said, you know, he spoke my language. You know, I grew up kind of an outcast, outsider, an outlaw. Where'd you grow up again? Was it I, Douglas? Uh, Douglas. Hanover or something? Yeah, Hanover. Hanover? <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> I was over there in Deluxe Perry. Yeah. <laughs> What's the matter with you guys? <laughs> Sudbury. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I got a bunch of property over in Weston, you beat it. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> big money. So anyway, yeah, I came up between Brockton and Randolph. Yeah, nowhere near fucking Norwell and, and all those beautiful hockey players over there. God bless you. So yeah, I, I came up, and uh, hardcore was a huge part of my life, music. And um, Rob was like my hero, and he became like, you know, a friend and a mentor, so to speak, and... Uh, very, very, very intelligent man, you know, and some of his, his theories and, you know, stuff, it's stuck, you know, and when you, when you surround yourself with people that, that read, not just because they're, you know, in jail, but because they like to actually. Because they're curious. Exactly. Curiosity is huge. That thirst for knowledge, you know what I mean? And surrounding yourself with people that aren't meatheads, you know, challenge yourself, you know. Just because somebody's aesthetically beautiful doesn't mean that they have much to offer, mm-hmm. you know? You know. I remember you saying the word value. That's a pretty big word these days, value. What is value to you? You know, like 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 Honey, for example. Not only is for she... For reference, Honey is Andrew's wifey. Not only is she an absolutely drop-dead gorgeous woman, but the, the biggest way that I can describe her is that she's kind. And she's kind on a level that most people can't understand. She's 100% selfless. She puts everybody before herself. So not only does she take care of me, and taking care of me lately has been, you know, essentially a full-time job because I've been good and fucked up. But she takes care of my kids. She does all the grocery shopping. She does all the cooking. This is not stuff that she's asked to do. These are the things that she does, you know. And how, she, how do you not take that for granted? Like, how do you balance that out? Because I know what it's like to not have that. You know, I've been in situations and relationships. I was married to Satan. You know, <laughs> I, I legitimately was, my, my ex-wife was born below. You know, she was just a fundamentally bad person. Three eh, decent kids, they have their moments, you know. But um, as far as a person is concerned, I will say this, that it's not her fault that she's as fucked up as she was. But See, that's, that's one thing I was talking about with Chris earlier because we were talking about some of the people that we know and grew up with. Like you, you got to be a little bit empathetic for people who aren't necessarily good people because it's not must. always their fault, right? That's right. Everybody's got a story. So um, 
developmentally, we are who we are at five years old. Because of our parents, yeah. What's well, part of it? Our environment. Mm-hmm. Whatever that environment is. You know, you need to be nurtured. You need to, you need to learn things like empathy. You know, that's not stuff that's ingrained in you. You don't think it's genetic? It's, I, I, think, I think part of it is, you know, but I, I, do, I also think that people can, you know, rise above, you know, a poor gene pool. For sure. So are you grateful for the parents you had growing up? Do you, do you, because I know you of all people based on our story last time is like you as a person have kind of evolved over time. Like once you reached adulthood is when you started to kind of pull things together for yourself. 30 was a big year for me. How old are you now? Um, I just turned 39. Okay. So um, there has been many different versions of Andrew. Certainly many versions of Trucker, you know. So at the end of the day, I'm, I'm, I'm very content with my upbringing. What I don't, was it like? Um, I'm 10 years older than my sister. So it was, it was basically the, a tale of two cities. I grew up one way. My sister grew up another way. So not to put anybody on blast, but... Some some people in my family, extended family, had some substance abuse issues. There was a lot of mental health stuff that was was part of it. I had my own struggles with mental health, and that's a whole different area that I'd be really willing to get into is the fact that there is so much mental health issues in, in, in the Commonwealth. I don't really look at other places. There's enough issues around me and not enough people, help, services, et cetera. The Department of Mental Health, for example, it's a complete farce. You know, they shut down all the state hospitals. So now all the homeless facilities and prisons are overrun with people that are essentially just sick. And that's sad. So my growing up, um, there was a lot of mental health stuff going on. Um, with you specifically, your parents or? All of the above. All of the above. I was a very angry youth. As was I. Why is he so angry? Why does he have toys that he just breaks? You were hyper. Fucking nuts. I was the same way. Yeah, bouncing off the walls. I could, you know. I could see why you hated school, too. You're just not wired for it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So everybody wants you to assimilate in school. And here I am with a head full of ideas, and they're flying. And I can't harness this energy. And you're also not being validated because I feel the same way. I had the same shit going on with me because, like, I was always smart, you know, and I always had initiative, but I wasn't really being rewarded for it because it didn't mold, you know. Exactly. You probably dealt with the same shit. 100%. I ended up in special ed over it because of behavioral issues and the fact that I couldn't just sit still. Yeah, so I can what, imagine you were a force on teachers. <laughs> I, yes. <laughs> yes. So when I, would, when I would be in these programs, I'll tell a story in a minute. This is a fucking person. So um, harnessing this energy and then having, you know, because of most of the people that are in special ed have developmental issues. So I'm doing remedial math when I could probably be doing quantum fucking physics. Mm-hmm. And because I can't keep my, you know, myself together because of what you're teaching me and you can't, you can't grasp my attention, here we are doing, you know, addition subtraction for two years. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? So I'll never forget this. This is one of my favorite stories to tell. 
I was in, as I called it, the happy class at Randolph High School, which was basically in the basement away from everybody. And there were a couple of four or five guys uh, in the class. There were two teachers. Me being me, I had decided that I was going to sit in the teacher's desk. It is what it is. And I had enough. Just sit at the teacher's desk. Like, he would sit in my fucking desk, and I was in his desk <laughs> okay. at the front of the class. This the cl- happy class. I'm this, starting to get it. Okay. This clown. So, <laughs> the whole system is set up on behavior mod. So, if you do this, this, and this, you get a sticker. If you get this many stickers, it's like cash. You can go into this beautiful closet that had Snickers and Ho-Hos and ding dongs <laughs> and wing nuts and who gives a fuck. But I love candy. And most people that are hyper love fucking candy. Love sugar. And the other thing is, is most people that are diabetic, as you know, I'm type 2 diabetic, I cannot get enough fucking sugar and whatever. You love it. Live for it. So here I am at the front of the class, and this kid has to get up and and go to the bathroom. And he goes to the bathroom, and he's sitting there. And you remember they had those little square windows in the corner of the classroom? Yeah. So he goes over there, and he knocks on it, and he gets my attention, and he goes like this. (laughs) <laughs> oh, he's outside the, the door now. Yeah, Exactly. This happens twice. He knocks for a third time. How old are you right now? 14. Okay, whoa. Yeah. And I've been this size since about that age. Yeah, the, the tough age. <laughs> yeah. So I open the door just as calmly as I speak to you now. I reached out and banged this kid out. He's in a mess on the ground. I went back and sat down. And the teacher, I'll never forget this, he walked over to me, he goes, do you know what this means? And I said, yep, no candy for Andy. <laughs> I was say, no more ho-hos. Yeah, you fucking idiot. What did you think I was going to do? Not bang this kid out because you had a Snickers waiting for me? Stupid. So, quick segue. So, last time we were in an episode was March or April. I'll have to check. Eight months. Yeah, okay. And I remember during when you were here, you were like, hey, dude, I got to lose some fucking weight. I just like feel like shit. Did you feel like some of the hard issues coming on then, do you think? or? Well, in hindsight, I've, I've later found out that uh, most of the stuff that was going on as far as the fatigue and feeling like a blimp was congestive heart failure. My heart was essentially drowning in fluids. So my legs were swollen and everything was all fucked up. So... All the hard stuff was came up because I wanted to have weight loss surgery. And the reason that I wanted to have weight loss surgery is that I wanted to, you know, live the, the back nine of my life a lot more smooth and problem-free uh, than, than the first nine. What, what, what do they do with the weight loss surgery? Is it like a, a stomach staple type thing? Or? I mean, it's, that's kind of a layman's uh, terms. They don't, they don't generally staple stomachs. They don't do bypass surgeries often. They still do. Some people still choose to have a lap band, which is an adjustable band that essentially constricts, you know, a portion of the stomach so that you only have this. The surgery that I'm looking to get is a vertical sleeve gastroenterectomy. And what that is, is they basically take, it's about the size of a toilet paper roll. And they put the sleeve over this and they remove 70% of the stomach. Sew it up. And it just, the stomach is, you know, a lot smaller. Now, where do they take that 70%? Where do they put that? 
hopefully in the landfill. I don't I, oh, <laughs> so, medical medical waste. Maybe they eat it. I don't. Yeah, so you're saying like they'll cut out seventy, then they'll just like put it on a slab. Gone. Like everyone look at Andy. Exactly. Fucked his day up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so most people think that the reason that they that they lose weight after losing seventy percent of their stomach is that there's no place for it to go. So your stomach is small, you can't eat that much. But the real uh, in you know. ABCs of, of the procedure is the fact that it 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 changes your metabolic right. up up you know the way that you process things, you, all your hormones change and all as I said you metabolize things completely differently, so yeah it's very helpful that you have a, a, a you know a shrunken stomach so to speak, but the the biggest reason that I want to do it on top of not being a fat fuck forever is it potentially will get rid of my diabetes. When did they prove that? That, is, so that it we, does that? They've yeah. been doing these studies forever, dude. So de- there's definitely a correlation between no the surgery. No question. No question. So you did, growing up with diabetes, did you know that this was an option? I did not know that I was diabetic until I was 20. How'd you find out? You have a seizure? I wish. I, uh, <laughs> I'm fucked up. I'm fucked up. Yeah. Just to complete the trifecta, okay. I've had seizures, but not from diabetes. I know you were telling me that your boy had seen you. Yeah. Whoa. And that was scary as fuck. <laughs> Especially with you dick swinging fucking. Yeah, I was dead. Yeah. <laughs> I <guess>. naked. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing good ever happens with your prick in your hand. So anyway. <laughs> Except um, if you have some kids. Correct. And then it's debatable. They're, <laughs> they're not always that good. I want to fight my 16-year-old as we speak. <laughs> Never mind. He said to me the other day. He says, I got to get a job, Dad. I said, yeah, that's good. He says... I don't want to work weekends. <laughs> Isn't that rich? He wants to. That's cute. So he wants to work out to school Monday through Friday. He wants to get his ass kicked. That's <laughs> what he does. Does, he, does he know how to edit video? Probably. Oh, if he does, man, I'll hire him. <laughs> <laughs> don't stop. Okay. <laughs> He's not walking a fucking stumble. We live in the we live in the bonies. Where are you, Douglas? I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Why do you love Dudley? <laughs> Who's Douglas? Is this lo- an important person to you? Were you? I thought you were in like Luxembourg or something. Yeah, Luxembourg. Or, I'm in fucking Germany. No, no, Lunenburg. <laughs> you know mind. I'm in Bellingham. <laughs> oh, Bellingham, Bellingham. For fuck's sake, I'm next to Milford. Oh, I'm God. right off of four. You're in incest country. <laughs> no, it ain't that fucking bad. That's Route Two, bro. Get I grew up on Route Two. Surprisingly, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, the lower end. Oh, the Lemonster side. Yeah. Did you really? I no, I grew up in Lincoln, right on. Right. Yeah. That's that's up route too. I know where it is. It's nowhere near Lemonstone. <laughs> oh, exactly. They're different people out that way. The Twin Cities represent. Whoa. <laughs> exactly. There, so um. Yeah. So you were kind of feeling like shit. You were thinking about getting the surgery, and so can you just kind of elaborate on what happened the last like couple months with you? Just this is fucking nuts. So a, I mean, it's a roller coaster. So I'll just like I'll give you the air to do it. Here we go, buddy. <clears throat> so I knew that I wanted to have this surgery, and part of going through the surgery is you have to go and have a psych uh, workup. You have to meet with nutritionists. You have to go to a certain amount of classes. You have to do a lot of different things because it's a huge commitment. You know, people think that they they can go and. And, and get these procedures done, and it's not a big deal. It's a huge life-altering uh, decision that you make. If you eat too much, your body will tell you, and you'll get rid of it. They call it dumping. It's not fun. I haven't obviously been through that, but uh, having been in the program and know who's who and what's what, that's serious stuff. 
So I was going to all these meetings, and I had fulfilled all my obligations as far as um, they were concerned and had gotten a surgery date. The last thing that I needed to do in order to get the surgery was to have a cardiac workup. I had, a, I had a, uh, an MI, which was a, a, a heart attack five years ago, okay? Six, six, five years ago, everything stopped. And I had 100% blockage in my coronary artery. I was 33 years old. Scared everyone. I had a, a stent put in. Everything was fine. What did they think the cause of the heart attack was? Uh, three things. Diabetes, which is a bastard when it comes to vascular stuff. Why? Your, vein, like your veins, your arteries are tighter? Or? All of it. It's harder to pass through. Exactly. Case, more blockages. Okay. Second, cigarettes. I was a heavy, heavy, heavy smoker for 25 years, 27 years, something. I, I smoked full time since I was 11. Wow. And and when I started driving a truck, I I brought smoking to a whole new level. I would just literally smoke. And the other thing that they said was my, my obesity, the fact that I was as heavy as I was. Were that you, always puts a strain back then? I've been as high as 300 pounds. I'm damn close to 300 pounds now. You know, I carry it well because all my weight is in my trunk. I still have muscular arms. I don't have fat boob, you know, man titties or anything like that. But I'm... You've got the trampoline. Exactly, dude. Big barrel in the middle. So you have the heart attack five years ago then what? So as I was saying, I went and, and, and have to have this cardiac workup. And I have an echocardiogram, which is uh, a filming. It's an ultrasound of the heart. And then I had a stress test. I did a nuclear stress test. They injected nuclear radioactive shit into me in order to uh, stimulate the heart to show, you know, what it does under a load. Long and short of the situation, I failed everything fucking miserably. We're working on this CHF, congestive heart failure. I'm having episodes. I can't breathe. I literally feel like I'm drowning in my own self. Scary, scary stuff had happened twice. I'm not really going to get into what I was doing when it happened, but it was. I finished, and it was a fucking problem. I couldn't breathe. Literally felt like I was drowning. So I... I I go in a meeting with this cardiologist. We're going back and forth. And she finally, she says, we're going to do um, a cardiac catheterization. I send you to Mass General, this doctor, amazing doctor. I have a vicious man crush on this bitch, Dr. Sakuja uh, at Mass General Hospital. And I go in, and we're, we're doing this test. We're setting it all up. This guy is such a character. He's a hot rod. You know, you know, you know, he's driving that 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 big fucking Mercedes. He's doing it real big. And the last thing he says to me before I go under anesthesia is, "We shaved your balls for free. <laughs> this is fucking perfect. <laughs> Steak for two for one. You know what I mean? Who doesn't like fresh balls? Two birds, one stone. You understand? I get it. You got it. So we go in real quick. Can you just elaborate on what a catheterization is? It's 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 a an orthoscopic, orthoscopic, something-scopic, fuck-a-scopic. <laughs> they go in with a camera, and they fish around your arteries and stuff, your vessels and stuff in your heart. And if there is uh, blockages, I had many, motherfucking many, 
um, they can they can uh, if they're not too too bad, that's when they can install stents. So that was the the goal was to put some stents in one stent, two stent, three stent, blue stent, and then fucking keep it moving. What is a stent? It's like a it's a it, cage. Oh, I thought a so I thought a catheter was like a a new tunnel from one artery to another to open up another passage. Or so more. sorta. Okay. It's 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 different than different applications. So my 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 stent that I have now was in my coronary artery, the big motherfucker they call it. The, the main wid- one. The Widowmaker. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they put, do you remember those Chinese finger traps? Yeah. It's very similar to that where it goes in and it and it takes up space. <clears throat> Excuse me. So it does it doesn't collapse and it won't it won't fuck up. You well, it's know? like an extra wall for the exactly. Okay, I get it. So there's less blockages and there's more like a it has like free a, flowing. I get it. Okay. Makes makes it yeah. much easier for blood to move. So the the goal of the cardiac catheterization was to go in there if I needed a couple of stents, get it done. So that was a no go. And the doctor, as soon as I came out of sedation, conscious sedation, which is the weirdest shit in the world. You're out, but you're not. So you like remember everything. Enough. I remember enough. I remember I didn't fucking like it. That's really weird. Conscious sedation. So it's it's very common. They do that shit for brain surgery. Big pass. Big pass. <laughs> so if I'm ever offered conscious sedation again, suck it. That's, yeah, just that's fuck a, me up. Man. Yeah, that's a no go. That's what I just had a, an appointment with an orthodontist because I got my wisdom teeth pulled, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Would you like to stay awake for it?" I was like, "Fuck no." I was it's awake. Like, fuck me up. I just literally, maybe I don't know, six months ago, had my wisdom teeth taken out. And my fucking dentist had his knees on my chest. <laughs> no fucking mask, boogers and shit. It was horrible. I'm not going to see that motherfucker again. Knees on my chest. Can you feel this? Oh, I don't fucking know. Ass fuck. Okay. He's in Bellingham. Avoid that prick at all costs. There aren't too many. There aren't. There aren't too many dentists out that way. So. His, his, his wife and his receptionist. All of it. <laughs> it's not that fucking bad out there, dickhead. He's uh, talking about like fucking Athol and A, like the gateway to the lost towns. We have cable. Those are bordering <laughs> towns. You got a cow in your yard? Fuck no. <laughs> I mean, I got a cow next door, but she's a nice lady. Okay. Uh, <laughs> just All right. So you get the, the stent. Your no doc, stent. No stent. Your doc says what? Sakuja says we gotta go in there. It's time for bypass surgery. He was like, "You're you. What you got going on is fucked up. You got you got a seventy percent in this, a fucking ninety percent in that. You you're. Uh, I don't know how you're the fuck upright. You're a mess." So he's saying like you have major arteries that are crazy blocked. I he literally looks at me and says, "I cannot believe you're upright and taking nourishment." And so we're at this time. I had f- not. I had not had a second uh, heart attack. But were you feeling like low energy or awful, crazy fatigued? I was, you know, still working, and it, it everything was such a task. Even even just you know, I was exhausted. My son was on school vacation. I made him come with me to work to to help me because I was just that fucked up. Like you were muscularly tired, or you were like just out of breath. Breath. Breath, yeah. I couldn't, of breath. I could not breathe. That's what a lot of people say. I if could not catch my breath. Like you get winded going up the stairs? Big time. 
And so at the time, were you thinking like maybe I'm just like totally out of shape? I don't really have heart issues, or it's part of it. I think I think uh, I think in my my subconscious, I was very aware of how much damage was in my heart. And when you have major major health issues, you try to not have them. You know, you can somehow psych yourself into not having these issues. If I pretend I'm not diabetic, maybe I'm not diabetic, you know? Mm-hmm. But if, if, if this is what I think it is, I would say to Honey all the time, I would, you know, just jokingly, quadruple bypass, quadruple bypass, quadruple bypass, which in essence is the most uh, invasive procedure that you could ever have. I shouldn't say that. A heart transplant is the one thing that is more invasive. Or a brain transplant. Whatever. Organ transplants are fucking huge. That's crazy stuff. I know someone else who had a quadruple bypass, and they say the same thing. It's just like... At 38? No, at like 65. See? (laughs) Yeah. I'm a real fucking trendsetter. So what do you think when Yakuza says, yo, dude, we have to do a quadruple bypass? Sakuza. Sakuza. Well, come on, man. (laughs) All right, Apple. Get it together. (laughs) Sakuza. Sakuza. Anyway... I'll do the I'll do the name drops. Okay. <laughs> Doctor Yakuza, what's he say? He did it again, <laughs> <laughs> and now you're an asshole. <laughs> so he said to me, that, "Listen, this is the story. You could take your chances, roll the dice. You could drop dead in a week. You could live your entire fucking life without having any of these issues." I am not a gambler. When it comes to dice and shit, I leave my odds in my favor. Thank you very much. And he said to me that this is what we need to do. I'm going to set you up with Dr. Jassar, who is one of the best cardiothoracic surgeons on the fucking planet, and we're going to do a quadruple bypass surgery. They wouldn't even let me go home between the catheterization and the bypass. They were that fearful of my, of my, my heart essentially exploding. I had, I had taxed myself, my vessels, my arteries to the max. So how instantaneous was the surgery from when he said, yo, from that first um, six, like analysis? Six days. Oh, so they were like, yo, we got to work on you now, dude. You're about to fucking croak. Essentially. And so what's going through your mind? Are you like, yo, holy, are you scared as fuck? Or scared as fuck. I mean, you, we live in the information era, so um, there's a ton of information that's available to everybody that wants it. Yeah, you didn't go on WebMD, did you? Dude, fuck it, WebMD. <laughs> I went on YouTube. Ooh. Yeah. So the things that they do in a bypass surgery, a cabbage surgery, they drop your body temperature to, um, what's the fuck? Um, I know your body temperature cold, is like 90 cold, degrees. Cold, 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 cold. What's the word for people when their body temperature drops? I have no clue. Mike, do you know? Freezing. You're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so hypothermic. Oh, okay. So anyway, they, they drop your temperature down to somewhere in the 70s or whatever. They, you, they put you on advanced life support. So your body is, is not working. There are machines that are living for you. Why do they do that? Because they need, they need to stop the heart. They need to stop the heart to work on the heart. So what they do, this is the craziest shit in the world. So um, there was a marked moment in time where I had done all the research that I needed to do. I was about as scared as a man could possibly be. I had my girl, my kids, 
my family, everybody was around me, and it was time for surgery. And there was a moment, which was actually documented on my, on my page, where you can literally look at my face, and it's sheer terror. I said goodbye to my children, not knowing if I'd ever see them again. So they take your heart, they repair it. It stopped, not beating. There is a moment between the end of the surgery and when they're done where they have to shock your heart to get it back into rhythm. Just to see if it works. As that just to get it moving, so because it stopped. They it they they've opened your sternum, which has created an, another set of issues for me, because everything's a fucking issue for me. So my sternum is wide open. My arms are like this, which caused all kinds of nerve damage because I'm a big guy, barrel chested, big dude, and my surgery was seven hours. Seven hours that doctor was in there manipulating my heart, taking veins and vessels out of my legs and my chest. It is, it is incredible what, what, what medicine is and what they have the ability to do. So before you go under, so what is your last thought? Like you're like, are you thinking like I might not wake up? Is that like going through your head or? I'm going to keep it together. Yeah. We don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. No, it's this is important stuff. Um, I was very much at peace. In my 38 years, I have lived a very good and productive life. I have made some tremendous mistakes. I have hurt myself. I have hurt people. I have done bad things. But I'm at peace with where I'm at. The biggest thing to me was the fact that I knew that Honey would take care of my babies. And after that, I did my time. If this was it, I was okay with it. Am I happy to be here? 100%. But I was very much at peace with not being here. So in the moment, is there like some sort of like, divine intervention like do you think about god in the moment are you like i'm not really a religious guy i'm very spiritual though so i believe in a higher power i don't know if my how higher power is your higher power i don't know if it's if if it's anything other than something that i've conjured up in my head but i definitely believe that there is a stronger being a higher power that that kind of leads us and guides us along the way so um so like in that moment did you feel like Someone's got my back right now. I just took a deep breath. As the, as the anesthesia was you know, flowing through my veins, I took it in, and I let it out, and I was okay. And the warmness, and the, you could feel yourself just kind of drifting away. I had, a, I had a very, very fucking weird thing happen to me coming out of anesthesia. They say, you know, coming out is, is, a, is a bitch. Because you've, you've essentially been, you know, that kind of sedation is extremely close to death, you know. So when I came out, I had all kinds of, like, psychological shit that was going on in my head. I thought I was talking to doctors, and they weren't hearing me. And it was the most frightening thing that I have ever experienced in my life. So I'm sedated, but I think I'm awake. 
and I'm trying to talk to people that aren't there and basically say to them, I'm, I'm here, I'm here, and then it would go black. And I would say to myself, I'm fucking dead. This is it. I consciously remember this. It was probably, not even probably, it was 100% the most frightening thing I ever went through in my entire life. Is it kind of like that feeling like like when you're trying to wake up from a dream but you can't? But exactly. But, but now it's like much more physical because you like, you don't really feel your body type thing. Exactly. It was it's probably so scary, dude. <laughs> and and you're, are you at this moment, are you conscious that you just went under and like you're waking up from the surgery? Exactly. Exactly. So I know where I'm at and what's going on, but nobody is responding to me. So it's as if they're there looking at me and I'm not. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when I'm I'm in the mindset that we have a fucking problem here. I'm trying to get a, you know, hello, hello, I'm okay. And there's nothing. When you go under, so you're conscious of like how fucked up the surgery is and how risky it is and like you're looking at your kids what are your thoughts about death before you go into the surgery like what did you think about it and and afterwards has like your thought changed about it at all i've had a couple of near-death experiences so um i've i've played this game before my view of death um is is more along the lines of the fact that it's inevitable you know there's nothing that anybody can do to, to, you know, to make their clock run longer. If it's your time, he's coming, you know. So I, I, don't, I don't worry about death like that. Um, I try to be a good person every day and be kind and, and do the right thing and let, let, let that kind of stuff sort itself out. What do you think happens when you die? You think it just lights out? I don't fucking know. I don't either. I don't know. I got no. I hope problem. not. I hope not. But you know, this this two this two you know, science is science. You know what I mean? So your spirituality and religion and all that stuff, that's great. But in all reality, what do you, what do I think happens? I think it's over. Yeah, it just lights out. That's it, baby. And when you're going into the surgery, are you thinking about that? Like, that might just be lights out. <laughs> yes and no. I mean I'm trying desperately to be positive. I'm trying to, you know, just, you know, this is this is what these people do. I'm in the best hospital in the world, one of them, and uh, the best Mass General's are the shit. It's a it's a tremendous facility, you know, Cleveland Clinic. There's, you know, John Hopkins. There are some really amazing hospitals in this country. But as far as um, as far as Mass General is concerned, they they can hold their jock against anybody, and uh, just. My level of care there, fucking second to none. I mean, I was a psychopath as, as far as wanting to get out of there. Nobody wants to be in a hospital. I couldn't sleep. It was, it was obnoxious. So when it was time for me to go, I was letting people know that uh, my stay here was over. So you were confident going into it. You said, well, if I'm going to have a surgery anywhere, I'm glad it's here. And, and there's, and there's and no I'm, thought in your mind like, yo, this might be the end of my story. I was okay with it. I'm still okay with it. Um, I, I view death a lot differently than most. How do you think most people view it? Petrified. 100% petrified because it's an unknown. That's what anxiety is. Fear of the unknown. 
You don't fucking know. And nobody can come back to tell you what the hell just happened. So there is no, there is no science. There is no theories. Nobody knows what happens when the lights go out. Nobody knows what happens when your heart stops, when your brain stops, when your kidneys fail. There's nobody that... No one knows what happens in your brain. Exactly. Yeah. Because that's the important stuff, your emotions, your heart. You know, not your literal heart, but how you feel. Mm-hmm. You know? What, what happens when, when your clock expires? I don't know. I don't know. I've had very... I've, I've, I guess, clinically been dead a few times. Well, I think what just happened is probably as close as you can get. No question. And you know, the biggest thing that has happened to me, aside from all the setbacks and shit, is the fact that I'm extremely emotional. Extremely emotional. So, uh, on the day that I was released from Mass General, my uh, honey's father, uh, Dave, who is legitimately one of my favorite people in the entire fucking planet, he is just, he is the shit. So he comes to the hospital to get me, and we're going over all the wound care stuff and how to take care of this, that, and the other thing. And they wheel me out. It was a beautiful day. The sun was shining. And he had to go to the parking garage to get the car to come around to get me. And there was a moment in time where I sat there. And I was just taken in the sun and the fucking birds and all of it. And I was so overwhelmed. I was literally sitting there and the tears are just pouring out of me. I was just so grateful. I was so grateful to be alive. I was so grateful to be there. I was so grateful for, for Dave. I was just uh, abundantly grateful. Grateful for things you wouldn't you weren't beforehand. Exactly. Yesterday with watching watching The Lion King with my family, I'm literally two minutes into this movie and I'm bawling my fucking eyes out. Well, the two movie. lions rub up against each other. I'm fucking this is it. <laughs> it's over. It's over. It's a wrap. Everyone's <laughs> laughing at me. It's you know, my kids are laughing at me, my girls pointing at me, and there I am <laughs> literally ugly crying over the fucking Lion King. It's a great movie. It's fucking amazing, dude. You so, know, when, when when his father talks to him from the sky and oh my god, I don't want to get fucked up again, but boy. Mufasa Simba the whole the, those are my dogs, bro. That's my people. So for other people who might encounter another near death or a near death in their life or they're like going to go into a similar surgery, like what are some things that you would say to be prepared for mentally? I don't think you can prepare for that. You know, you can, you, you know, you can try to, my father had a quadruple bypass as well. He wanted no part of knowing what the hell was going to go on. He knew he had to be at the hospital at 5 o'clock in the morning. He knew the surgery was at 6, and he knew that he would be done sometime around 3 or 4. That's all he knew, you know. So I looked at it a little bit differently. I wanted to know who was who and what was what. I looked up my doctor. I looked up where he went to school. I know about his kids if I have to smash them. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just I'm different. So I don't think there's a way to prepare for something so great, you know, on, on in the great in the grand scheme of things. So grand, yeah. Just bigger than everything. Everything stopped that day. Everybody was there. Everybody was there. Thousands of people anticipated, you know, the news of of what had happened. Mm-hmm. I I remember seeing um, Honey doing updates. I was, was fucking huge. scared, man. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. This quadruple bypass is no joke. Not a joke, dude. And so 
I'm lucky that I have not only do I have a wonderful, uh, you know, friends, family, and 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 everything that I have, but I have tens of thousands of people that care about my well-being. Mm-hmm. I get messages constantly. The only reason that I'm 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 not homeless right now is the GoFundMe that was set up on my behalf. I was going to say that, yeah. Reached the goal, too. God, it, it, and it was quick. How much was the surgery? I have no idea. I I would I would venture a guess to say um, between the the cardiac catheterization, the quadruple bypass, and all the testing and whatnot that went in when I went back to the hospital and I was septic and almost fucking died. That was cute. Um, I would I would say I'm probably in the five hundred thousand dollar range. Wow. Yeah, that's a hotel that costs a lot of money to stay at. Oh my god. So, thought, so did insurance cover most of it? All of it. All of it. That's huge. All of it. Let's go. No bills. What? Yeah. So I don't have the ability to earn, and I worked for a small company. I have, you know, the it, you know the GoFundMe was was basically for me to live. You know, my day to day. Seventy five hundred. Yeah. yeah Seventy seven. They went over and above. Oh, just because you can't work, you got no income coming in. Exactly. See, I think when a lot of people hear about these drastic surgeries, they don't even think about the aftermath. Nobody thinks about the, the who's who and what's what yeah. and what happens when the dust actually settles. When I'm sitting at home with a hole in my fucking chest that's still there, very much so, um, with, with nurses coming in every day to pack my wounds, and uh, they, I, I learned how to do these things. I take care of myself now. You know, so, so when was surgery? It was October? October sixteenth. And so we're like about nine weeks. Nice. And so is the recovery a day by day still, or is it more a week by week basis now? I had a lot of nerve damage from the surgery. Where so my arms were affected. Couldn't feel them. Nothing. Still, still pins and needles in my final three fingers of this hand. I have the whole top of this arm is numb. It. It's a very weird feeling. I have it on the top of my foot, same shit. Neuropathy is basically the biggest way to, you know, for, for a layman that doesn't understand nerves. My nerves will repair, but it is a very slow process. Yeah, and I can speak to it too. <clears throat> I was climbing up a dock once, and I, I picked my foot up, and I dragged like a rusty nail through the top of my foot. And so I can't forever i can't feel the top of my foot and what it feels like is like if you were to lay on your arm for a long time and your arm's dead it feels like that permanently in one spot that's kind of how you feel right 100 percent. that's a very good way of looking at it and, and so it, and it blows so you come home from the hospital well no so you wake up in the hospital and you're like fuck i'm fine like what I, is I'm, I'm here well my as i told you my my waking up process was brutal and you're in a you're in a, a level of pain that one is not designed to be able to withstand. You're you, hurting. Oh my fucking god! My chest, my legs, my everything. I was a fucking mess, and I'm, honey wasn't there, and I was fucking mad. So I'm I'm, you know I'm a very, you know. I'm not the easiest guy to deal with all the time. And when I want something, I fucking want it. And I woke up and she wasn't there. I wanted her now. And I was I was 
kind of an asshole. So the nurses. Oof! Anybody I could get my get that was in shouting distance. I'm sure they're understanding though. Very much. I told you my level of care over there was second to none, from ev- every single nurse, PA, physician, um, you know, surgeon, everybody, top of the just amazing. So, is there a moment where you're like, "Whoa, I'm okay." surgery's dying down I'm on like a lot of pain meds and shit but like um i made it oh what, yeah when does that happen it's a it's a well it's different for everybody i mean sedation you know being knocked out like that can take a day two days to just get out of your system so but yeah there's definitely a mock moment where you're like okay i made it and then the fucking struggle to you know for you to you know mend it is is the tough part Surgery's easy it's the it's the recovery process that's a bitch. You look at a you look at the you know behind you and there's a facade of IV machines. I'm it sure literally looks like a, tons of it shit. looks like a billboard. There are so many lights and leads and oxygen this and it's it's wild, dude. It's pretty wild how advanced medicine can get where they can literally just pretty much clinically kill somebody to work on them then bring them back to life because that's essentially what the quadruple bypass is. That's it, baby. Goodbye, hello. Dude, you're bionicle now, man. You're I'm Iron Man. S- I'm fucking something. You know <laughs> you what should the get piss- the Iron Man patch. You know what the pisser is? I feel better now, today, than I've felt in 15 years. I'm like dangerous strong right now. Why do you think that is? It's a physical thing. I, my, 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 uh, it's got to be mental. No, no, no. My injection refraction rate, which is how the blood pumps out of your heart, was at 33 fuck percent. You run around 50 normal human beings that don't have cardiac issues. 33%, okay? So I'm at that much of a disadvantage that the heart is not pumping it out, and it's just, it makes you weak, it makes you lethargic, yeah. it sucks. Your motor's So here's, here's the fuck of pisser. Hmm? So after surgery, it dropped down to like 23%. They were like, oh boy. And then they were like, we're going to have to put a pacemaker in. We're going to have to, you know, put a defibrillator in. All this shit. And then, by the grace of God, or whomever the fuck is in charge of this ship, said, we're going to bump this bitch right up to 44%. Just out of nowhere? For funsies. Let's go. For fucking funsies. And you were like, let's go. I was immediately like, let's go. I wanted to fucking run through shit. Walls. You had a woody. (laughs) I was fucking hotter than Chinese algebra. <laughs> I was ready to fucking rock and roll. And now I'm even higher. I'm damn close to 50. Let's go. I can walk. I can run. I can. I, let's relax. I, <laughs> I don't know how much running I can Let's do. wrestle. <laughs> I, um, once the sternum is 100% ready, I think I could fuck you over. You, you probably could. No bullshit. Yeah. Well, so you're now in recovery. I'm sure it's like a week where people are just in and out. Andrew, hope you're okay. They're bringing you stuff. Yep. I'm sure, what are those things called? Like fucking edible arrangements. A couple of those come in. No. That, that's some BS. Yeah. You were pissed. I'm over it. <laughs> okay, whatever. Dude, I got 7,700. Yeah, I was going to say, 7,700 is nice. We'll take that. Yeah. If I want to buy an edible arrangement, I'll make it happen. <laughs> All right, so, so that's going on. Then how long until you go home? A week? I was in the hospital for another six days. Okay. And so you go back to incest country. 
<laughs> and you have care at, at your house at this point or Yeah, me. Just and, you. And honey. I thought you said you had nurses and not they the come house. they come in three times a week. Every other day. And so what what is your day to day like at this time? Now or then? First like three weeks. My recliner. Just sitting. Sitting. Oh, that was probably the worst part. Brutal. Just like sitting there agony, can't do oh, anything. I still can't do anything. You drove here. I have the ability to drive. You can walk. And that's recent. I've only been able to drive for two, like two, three weeks. See, that's some shit when you say stuff like that. it You have no idea. I know. It just like makes me so grateful. Like you don't even realize, like imagine if when we leave here, I couldn't go walk to my car and just put shit in. Like you don't even realize some people have to I deal can't with that lift, shit. I can't lift anything heavier than a gallon of milk right now. I have a I, I have a I have a seven millimeter gap between my sternum. And my How many sternum. stitches? No stitches. Staples? No staples. How'd they do it? Glue. <laughs> Glue. Yuck. Yuck. They cut through your rib cage. It's fucking hot, dude, with a big <laughs> bone saw. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude. And so, how do they glue? So, what is the glue like? Super glue. <laughs> glue. That's what that's what super glue is. It's medical. That's the army developed it to, to, to mend cuts. And then it dissolves. Eventually. So it's still there. So there's a wire cage. They cage your fucking ribs and sternum together, uh, right? And then they stitch all that shit together. And with then, what oh. looks what, what looks like fucking bailing wire, right? Because now I have a hole in my chest. I can, see, I can see all the shit that's going on in my chest. Mm-hmm. Physically see it. It's the weirdest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. So not only... And the, other, the reason I have the hole in my chest is that the doctor was pressing on my chest in recovery and was able to get a little bit of secretion out of there. And he didn't want to have an abscess develop. So he opened me the fuck up. And then... Oh, this, he fucked up. Well, you didn't fuck up. I'm fucked up. Yeah. So my my stupid diabetic ass doesn't heal. Mm-hmm. Unless, you know, my sugars are like on point. And even then it's a battle. It's such a pain in the ass, dude. C-Max, sorry. You've been quiet. No, you're good. I'm loving this. Uh, anything? Um, I guess. Take your fucking pants off and tell <laughs> <Yeah>. us. <something. laughs> What's next? I mean, you said that you have a big doctor's appointment coming up. What are plans January for 16th. the near future? I'm going back to see Aladdin. I shouldn't say that, probably. <laughs> this is Yakuza? No, this is Josiah. Uh, oh, Josiah. This, uh, this is my... Um, he's an amazing man. Terrific surgeon. Yeah, but the fucking turban fucks me up. <laughs> Every time I look at this player, I'm like, this is motherfucking Aladdin. <laughs> Part of it is the fact that I'm seven. He also saved your life. <laughs> saved my life? He gave me a whole fucking new, new life. life. Let's go. Yeah. I got another 40 years, you fucks. <laughs> so look out. And the next time that I ever have to have this done, they'll be able to do it from across the street. <laughs> Don't worry about me. I'm about ready to walk on water, eat bullets, and shit ice cream. Let's go. I'm. Yeah, let's fucking go. <laughs> so the six, the sixteenth, I'm hoping that Aladdin says to me, "Daddy, it's time to go back to work now, and I'll be back in the seat doing what it is that I do: yeah. driving truck, making videos, and fucking shit up." Well, real quick before we we segue to that point, what happened with your septic? So like, because I've heard of some someone go septic before, and 
what I'm familiar with is like when someone goes septic, it'd be like a war veteran have a cut that was like never healed and they would get like gangrene and nasty and like wildly infected. Well, it's, it's sepsis starts from infection. It's a leak. Uh, Not, not all the time. All right, Dr. Bochy, my fault. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me. So the long and short of it is is sepsis is uh, an infection in your blood. Your blood is effectively infected. Cool. Oh, it's meant. Sounds awesome. So uh, Thanksgiving, I wake up in the middle of the night. My chest is screaming, okay? And my shoulder is a fucking mess. It won't move. Something's wrong. You think you're having a heart attack. I didn't think I was having a heart attack. I thought I was dying. I thought that potentially the heart attack would be the fun part. I was in that much pain. Mm. I go to the local hospital. Don't fucking do that. When you have the the access to the, you know the Mass General Hospital, stop fucking around with these these backyard sewer rat eating motherfuckers that told me that I needed to have my fucking gallbladder removed. Where the the hospital is next to a couple of silos next to the farm. <laughs> yes, yes, and the local medicine man. Nothing says loving like fucking a cousin. It's <laughs> ridiculous shit going. Never mind. So they they had me there for about twelve. I don't know, maybe 10 hours, and without the ability to tell me what the fuck the problem was. But they were giving me pain medicine, so I'm in this parallel universe. Everything's okay at this point. What are you taking? Dilaudid. I don't even know what that is. Is it, is it an opioid? Yummy ding. That's what the fuck it is. It's, <laughs> Get you it's ram-a-lama ding-dong shit. It's, what are you it's, feeling good? Good, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. I don't like fucking drugs. I was going to say, I don't, talked about that last I time. don't like any part of this shit, but I'm in that kind of pain where I'm like, let's fucking go. Fuck me up. Yeah, fuck me the fuck up twice. When you're done fucking me up, fuck me up again. Which is completely under, uh, you know, against all my character. So, well, I was going to say that because we had talked last time about me and you both like kind of wanting to be or being substance free and straight edge. Were you a little nervous about taking opioids post-surgery because you're like, yo, these things are addictive as hell? Mine over matter. Didn't matter. I'm bigger than all of it. Okay. I don't, I'm not going to allow something like that to fucks me up. So anyway, I'm at the, I'm at the local hospital, and the, the only thing that they did there that was worth a fuck was give me or take a blood culture. And basically what a blood culture is is that they try to grow bacteria with your blood. That's how they found out that I had this infection, that I was septic. I, they, they, they did the blood culture and sent me to Mass General. I'm in the emergency room at Mass General. This is, this is Thanksgiving. Honey's with me. It was a fucking nightmare. My kids are at the house. Nobody went anywhere. It fucking blew, right? I completely grenaded the, ho- the holiday. So I'm at, the, I'm at Mass General. I'm sitting there, and they finally say to me, you have an infection in your blood. This was fucking mint. Here's another one. Exactly. And another one. Lil' Kim. The qu- <laughs> so anyway, um, they send me up to the ICU. I'm like, this is fucking great. Deja vu. Deja fucking vu. It was like I never left. Now I'm salty. I'm the wrong motherfucker to be salty. But honey's there, so you're not that pissed. I'm wicked pissed, dude. <laughs> okay. She had just left. I'm in the ICU. Okay, and these two fucking clowns come in these from orthopedics to look at my shoulder. Look at my shoulder. He's explaining to me how he wants to go in with a needle and aspirate my shoulder to see if there's any pus or fluid in there. 
And I said to this gentleman, when do you plan on doing this? And he said, five minutes. And I said to myself, oh boy. So here I am in the ICU and I know this guy's going into my fucking shoulder. I know they're not putting me out. There's no local anesthetic. No, 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 nothing cane. Okay. And this bastard goes into my shoulder and he's fucking around what seems like for an eternity. Unable to aspirate and motherfucking anything because the infection was in my chest. You fuck. <laughs> and then here, here I am. As soon as he pulled it out, I swung at him. I missed. Thank you. But I wanted to fuck his whole world up. <laughs> I swung high. What did he do? I'm a big guy. He was terrified. Terrified? He took him and his fucking chum and they screwed. They were out. Yeah, because we got some lunatics swinging at us, and I'm trying to help him. You, you, you don't, you don't understand how common it is for people in the medical industry to get hit. I was talk. I obviously had developed some rapport with a lot of these nurses. I love, I love them all. They're all wonderful. And honey's in school right now, full time to become a nurse. Let's go. Let's fucking go. It's fate. I'm saying. So. These people get fucking wrecked all the time. <laughs> they get bodied. People just smash them. Dude, he, I I know. I had a shoulder surgery, and they were like, "Are you uh, are you the violent type?" I was like, "No." They were like, "Well, um, you're I, bi- you're I, I am exactly." <laughs> well, for me, I was just like, to be honest, I like left surgery, and I was like mad horny, and so I was like hitting on all the nurses and shit. <laughs> <laughs> but they strapped my arms down after because they were like, "Yo, you can't be fucking around." <laughs> That's I tell people that I'm violent. We're not playing this game anymore. You know, when and it so comes... So you missed him. Thank God. Just a great... I was close. And so... I know he felt the breeze. <laughs> Did they bring you back to MGH? Oh, yeah. And they yeah. said you're, sep- you're septic. How do they deal with that? CDC. I, I'm going to try to get this out. Municipal Disease Control. People that deal with, with big diseases. That was the department that handled me. I was in the cardiac unit because of my sternum and shit and the fact that I was post-op from bypass. Um, but but it, was the, it, was the, it was the disease control folks that were handling my shit. Whoa. I left on a, on a pick line, which is, which is a catheter that goes from my arm. It went from my arm into my heart. I went home giving myself injections. So that's all cleared up now, though, right? Was it like three weeks? Yep, yeah. I was in the hospital for another seven days, and uh, at this uh, point, at this point, just pissed. <clears throat> pissed isn't the word. So luckily, I was right across from where the food was and shit. They had the, uh, they had like the fridge there with the apple juice and shit in it, and the Italian ice, huh? <laughs> and my diabetic ass was going fucking ham. <laughs> I they, <laughs> honey brought me like extra insulin so I could combat what the fuck I was doing to myself. <laughs> I was so salty, dude. So, I took my hot I took my hot monitor off myself, right? And the and the nurse comes in and she goes, Aren't you supposed to be on a monitor? I said, Doc said I'm done. She's pulling the fucking leads off. I didn't just four days I'm sitting there just running around all all willy nilly with no fucking hot monitor like house and uh, the Italian ice. Oh dude, smashing it. Doing your thing. I had crushed ice and apple juice. Which is heroin to me. That was my grandmother's thing growing up. So oh. the fact that I can get this crushed ice with the apple juice. You remember bombs with the apple juices? Yeah, oh, yeah. That was yeah. the diabetic roommate. Yeah. Loved the apple juice. What else? Love the apple fruit snacks. Maybe? It's 
good, dude. Apple Welch's, juice. Like, you eat the Welch's? Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> Granola bar. I don't give a fuck. I'll eat anything. I'd literally eat the stink off of shit. I'm not the right. <laughs> well, so, question. All this is cleared up. What? So, I, it's really hard for people to change their habits, but are, are you going to, like, clean up your fucking diet, exercise? Like, what's the plan? You have no idea how hard it is to actually clean up. It's hard as fuck, I know. We we as a society um, just don't take care of ourselves. You hear about people saying eating clean. It is the most difficult thing. And, and as far as a commitment to actually doing it, it's probably the most difficult thing that any of us can do. So my end goal at the end of all of this still remains to go through with the weight loss surgery, which will literally be like parking a car compared to where the fuck I've been. You know, a little bitch-ass orthoscopic surgery, a couple of pinholes in my abdomen. I'm like, let's fucking do it now. I mean, I, I feel I like I can't believe could, you'd want to do another surgery. I don't. If you, if you for, for one second in your life, could understand what diabetes is and how much it exacerbates everything, if you had even a a punter's chance in getting that eradicating that disease from your life, you would do whatever it took. You would eat jelly donuts out of a homeless man's ass to not be diabetic. It's that bad. It's evil. Well, so right now, and I'm not trying to sound like Mr. Preacher here, but I do eat pretty clean, and I know it's hard. Don't you think it would just be a a matter of habit like you would just have to get rolling for like a month and a half like yo this is gonna fucking suck but then once i'm in a rhythm i don't at first of all i'm not i don't cook okay so i eat what's given to me you know do i do i eat like a slob no you know we we eat we eat very well but there are certain things that i'm not willing to get rid of you know like p- potatoes that's not terrible if it's if it's whole if you if if you're diabetic, yeah, I guess that carb blast, it's, the sugar blast, it's yeah. sugar. You know, you take you take you know a half a cup of uh, of of beautiful uh, mashed potatoes, and you fill your hands with you know two handfuls of sugar. That's what you're ingesting. When you're looking at the mashed potatoes. You're like, <laughs> I you're about to be in my stomach. What's for, up, dog? forever, yeah. I love potatoes, and Honey is an amazing cook. Oh my God! If you can think it, she can cook it. That's bad. Let's go. I want to come. I want to come to Inside's Country for a meal. You're, 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 you're always invite welcome. Farmer Joe. Far. Let's go. So, wh- what about exercise, though? I again, I'm not trying to be Doctor Phil. I'm no, 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 no. I've just recently been cleared for activity, so I can do cardio stuff. The heart's not the issue. It's this fucking chest of mine that's fucking rubbing together and clicking. Mm-hmm. It's weird. You haven't lived until you rolled over and heard your breastplates go. Yeah, that sounds terrible. It's gross. It's gross. It's gross. But so, like, are your doctors like, hey, yo, you, you now? You can't. I can't. I can't lift weight. Nothing over my head. I mean, once you're full strength, dude, I'm gonna rip it the fuck up. You're not gonna see this fat fuck belong. As soon as I have the ability to move and shake, I'm going to do just that. The biggest thing that I want to do is I want the rest of my life to be better than how it was. 
prior to surgery, prior to this, you know, bad marriage and this all aside, moving forward, I'm going to do it all again with honey. We're going to take it to the fucking hoop. You think, I'm going to get think married it's like again. The, it's like the halfway point. It's exactly how I feel. I'm almost 40, and I want my next 40 to be banging. Let's go. Exactly. You know, so I know how to not do it. I know how to do it poorly. I know how to really fuck things up. I have no interest in doing that shit anymore. So Honey and I, as cliche as it sounds, we're the co-captains of team no fucking around. You know, I want to take over the world with this woman. I really do. So what are you going to do? What do you want to do in terms of content creation now? Anything different or? I'm going to go right back to the seat, right back where I was. And start pumping. Just smashing videos. I have so much content in my head right now, I literally feel like I need to fucking purge. You're the content machine. I have hundreds of videos. I look back at my archives and I'm like, where the fuck did all this come from? Thin ear. I know. That's what I do. I pull it the fuck in. I have an idea and I say, okay. No script, no nothing. Let's go. Play. Let's go. Record. It's time. Does this suck? Maybe. You're going to get it in its entirety. Unless I trip over my words in the first 10 seconds, I'm going with it. You're ripping it. Ripping it. So, had you thought about, not to discredit your boss, but like, had you thought about a career change after that? Because I know... 100%. Because trucking is kind of sedentary. I'm, I'm assuming you might want to be like moving more. It's a, it's, a, it's a very difficult thing. So I'm limited for a variety of different reasons. I'm limited because I'm a felon. You're welcome. Hey, it's okay. I'm over it. I don't give a fuck. Well, hey, I still love you, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to smash your face. <laughs> <clears throat> so I'm a felon. I have a 10th grade education. So as articulate... And smart as I may or may not be, people don't give a fuck. It doesn't matter as much anymore, though, as you know. I have a fucking tattoo on my throat. That's and on your knuckles. What, yeah. is it, what does the knuckles say again? Hard luck. That's and, pretty fitting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't an accident. Yeah, it's pretty much my thing. I've, as I've told you before, it could be raining tits and I get hit with a dick. What's that scar going to look like on your chest? Oh, it's hot. Do you want to see it? Do you want to do Kinda? it? Kinda. Okay, if you'd like yeah. to, sure. I don't <laughs> okay, mind watching. I don't want to make you take your shirt off, though. I'll just, I'll just get cute. Sure. <laughs> I'll get cute and quick. <laughs> wow. So, uh, you can already see the bruising. That's, that's it, baby. Wow. Let me hulk a this bitch. <laughs> oh, just a little bit. Damn. So I'd show you the hole, but it's a little obnoxious. But this is the hole is only about that big. Only about, about that big by that big. It's still pretty cavernous and it tunnels and shit. Um, but this is much, much, much improved from where it was. And so that's all glue? This was glue. Was glue. Now it's just scar tissue. Mm. So it's, it's, it's just soft. Yeah. Wow. It's just a scar. Why do it's they do that? It's a fucking scar, man. It's oh, no it's joke. gnarly. <laughs> They split you from stem you to stem. You are Iron Man. <laughs> I'll be whatever you need, baby. <laughs> so, um, well, now I feel a little bit. Anyway, what's the thing on the arm? Which one? Oh, that's my Libre. Oh, your Libre. My Libre keeps a constant monitoring of my glucose. 
Oh, that's a diabetes thing. Exactly. Cool. I was one of the first people in this state to be blessed with that technology. Wow. Uh, which was very cool. I'm going to stand up and not kick shit over. No worries. You're good. With the Apple Watch. That was a, that's a major league scar, man. Yeah. What How do often do you have to... I mean, it's crazy. I don't About know. as gnarly as they get. How often do you have to like switch up the patching on that? Is that so the um, the the wicking and 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 uh, packing is swapped out three times a day. Yeah. I'm using another one, another uh, packing recently that's that's made of seaweed. If that makes sense. <laughs> Big pass, dude. It's weird. The whole thing's fucking weird. Your I have to take. I have to. I have to take a <laughs> stick and stuff shit. What wicking and like uh, cotton? Pus. It's gross. Yeah, it's vile. Do you feel like you have more energy now? Oh, a hundred percent. Like it's 100%. noticeable, because because honestly, you definitely do. Based on our last episode, you were probably like near death in the last one. There's not like near death. I was dead. Well, it'd be cool seeing like the episodes next to each other. It's two different people. And then next time you come in, you'll have a fucking six pack. Let's relax. <laughs> you'll look like Hugh Jackman. Let's really fucking <laughs> slow. Right, let's slow right down. So this fucking guy. So, so lofty aspirations. Let's see if we can have some. I don't know attainable goals. Oh yeah, let's hear twenty twenty. I mean, you must be much more goal oriented now, right? Like you yeah. must have like I've a, always been goal oriented. It's part of my Me too. My um my hyperactivity. I I segment things. So the day gets pushed into different like like episodes mm-hmm. in in my fucking mind. So my biggest goal right now is to get back in the seat. Am I going to stay there? I don't know. You know, but it's what I know right now and I need to have some income. I need to have the ability to earn. That's one of the most important things that any of us can ever do is the ability to earn. We kind of talked about it last time, and if, if we can't, l- let me know. But you did have the, the pilot you sent me. Are we allowed to talk about that? or All of that is still, um, you know, being worked through. There's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a constant evolution out west. Well, dude, imagine what the show would be like now. With the- I pitched to... Uh, the um, my executive producer, I can't name drop. I can't tell you companies. I can't tell you anything like that. What I can tell you is is that I have uh, a producer that I work with and that I speak with often. And the long and short of it was, as I said to him, I said, "Here we have an opportunity to document my weight loss surgery." I thought that it was something that was um, interesting enough to people. Because certainly there's enough people in the world that are diabetic. And to see, you know, a normal, everyday guy go through this process, I thought was something that was, you know, very marketable. And then to watch it evolve into this heart shit, I really feel like he fucking dropped the ball. But what are you going to do? Well, I think it could be a blessing. I, I think if anyone is cut out for like a network TV show based on like skill set in terms of like entertainment 100% be you like it's a this is this is the issue see um you you're a smart kid and you're moving and shaking i and i and i respect your hustle and what you're doing okay 
But that being said, if you look at what what what's going on in non-scripted television right now, it's the same recycled horseshit over and over again. Do you realize if you look at fucking MTV right now, MTV, music television, they're running ridiculousness 24 fuck hours a day. I really do love that show still. I love the show I too. Love Rob that's the, that's the attention deficit hyperactivity disorder that runs rampant through me. It's quick, but look at how many commercials are in that mm-hmm. set. It's pounding you. Look at the look at the Jersey Shores and the Florida Bamas of the fucking world. Both both also great shows. Agreed. Okay, I I still like dick and fart jokes, <laughs> but it's not for everyone. There's not a lot. There's a lot of recycling going on in Hollywood. There's nobody that's willing to put their prick in the mix and say, "Why don't we get this fat truck driver on here and let's shake some shit up? Let's do it a little bit differently." He doesn't have to say the f word every four seconds. <laughs> But he knows it. You know what I mean? So the pilot that I showed you, the sizzle reel that I showed you, that was a very quick hit. That's what could be what we do. It doesn't have to be just that. You know what I mean? Well, I like this storyline, too, and I like how you brought in other characters for it. But my my thing is, like, I think you could really benefit from having a production team and then doing it independently for, like, a full season. Like, have eight episodes of, like, you just doing the thing. Colin, huge money. Can I tell you something real quick? Yeah. My name is Connor. <laughs> <laughs> I know so many Collins. It's all good. You do. I should have said you, it before the episode. I'll just call you dickhead. Yeah. Since you talk about my incestuous fucking place of residence, <laughs> like it's your job. So anyway, it's super expensive production. I don't have to tell you. Production alone, editing is the most. Long and arduous process of all of it. It's the most time-consuming. It's also the most expensive. C-Mac. Yes, sir. Any questions? You got a haymaker? Um, trying to think. I have one in terms of the trucking industry, but it's kind of off the uh, off the beaten path. Well, I well can I ask you something, C-Mac? Because you're someone who's who's been newly in tune with, like, like reality and, like, finding your purpose kind of yeah. what Andrew's saying about death like it just being lights out do you agree like do you think that's the way it works I mean I have no clue and I'd be ignorant to say I do but I'm intrigued because I was going to ask about like what how long that experience lasted where you didn't really you were conscious but nobody else knew that you were around yeah. like well as, as far as the the time period in my head it was like it happened several times. So it was on a loop. Mm-hmm. That was the part that was so frightening is, is the fact that it felt like there was no end to it. So I couldn't decipher who was who and what was what, if it was real, if it was fake. So I was I was conscious enough to know that, but it was so fucking frightening to not know exactly what was happening. Am I awake? Am I asleep? Is this a dream? Is this just medication? Mm-hmm. I had no way of knowing. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, but as as far as the time elapsed, it it literally seemed like an eternity. Yeah, that, like that sounds. It'd be interesting to find out exactly what was going. That's on That's Wes Craven movie yeah. shit. Yeah, like what's going on in your brain at <laughs> yeah. that point? Like yeah. what chemicals are firing? You yeah, know? My, it's it's fentanyl and a bunch of other shit that they they've killed you. Yeah, 
But my thoughts on death, obviously, kind of we talked about this a little bit. I mean, I just think we get one one go at this, and then we don't know what happens next. But we might as well make this one go the best we can. So fair to say, you feel that way. Say, baby. Well, so one thing I realized is the same thing with the hang episode. Like, I'm like it's such a a spoiled brat that like, you know, I really work like my face off and so like i'll be like oh like things aren't moving for me like i think they do but like the fact i've never had a real deep deep tragedy to any of the people that are closest to me and then near death like this is such a blessing dude i can't even imagine people that go through this shit you you what you just said is so huge people people that don't experience tragedy don't really have that concept of what loss is you know, and loss can be so many different things. You can physically lose somebody. You can have somebody that deteriorates mentally so quickly. You know, there's all kinds of diseases, ALS, you know, um, Alzheimer's, stuff like that, where somebody is physically in front of you but not there. But as far as, you know, actually losing, it is so difficult, dude. My father lost his wife this past year. Stage four pancreatic cancer. And it was so fast. She was here one minute and gone the next. And he's out the, out his life. Over. See, that shit's crazy. It just makes me like very grateful. Really, really grateful. It will you happen. Know? And unfortunately, people that don't experience it, when they do, it's overwhelming, boy. See, I've had a lot of people die in my life but i mean just like a sudden tragedy never and so it's like i'm really grateful for it and i think there's a i don't want to have the mindset like someone could die tomorrow but it's a reality it's the same thing as terrorism you know you don't think about it you know but when it does happen fuck you know turns your life upside down it can potentially you know, and there's people that, that don't have any loss or experience or anything like that, have a major loss in their life, and then they, they, they end up having major mental health issues. Uh, schizophrenia, for example, is generally bought, brought on by, a, by something traumatic. It was in this person their entire lives. It was triggered. Exactly. And now they're talking to people that don't fuck exist. I get it. It's real. So, a quick segue into more positive talk real quick, just because we got to end the episode one. So, is the Apple Watch, is that new post-surgery? It is not. Okay. I <laughs> wish it was. I just got one. Like I don't it? even know how to use it, to be perfectly honest with you. I got the Fitbit right now, but I did get an Apple Watch. I see the Nike swoosh on it. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was a gift. And um, at some point, I'm going to learn how to use it. <laughs> You know, it's kind of a wasted gift because, as as you can see, um, I don't really know how to operate it. I wonder if... And my son, who was supposed to set it up, got <laughs> awfully frustrated during the process, and I feel like he neglected to do some shit because it really does nothing but show me the fucking time. <laughs> but fucking ass. But you also look at it and you're like, damn, I know this thing's counting my steps. I got to get, get it moving. Big time. Big time. Honey's got a Fitbit thing that um, I got on. she loves it. It's great. Loves yeah. it. It becomes a big part of our lives. You know, everything that we do is so electronically driven. It's wild. Mm-hmm. 
What the fuck did we do before we knew how many steps we took? <laughs> I don't know. We were eating ho-hos and and, <laughs> bust, Snickers, and, yeah. and busting people's ass for stickers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so one more question. When you were at the... Do you feel like it shattered your ego in a way, the surgery? Like, because you were at like pretty much physically your lowest point. Does that happen? Or what does ego play into like actually rebuilding yourself? I'm sorry. I know it's totally out there. Like, No, it's not out there. I mean, the, the, uh, I don't look, I don't feel like I have an ego. Everyone does though. Obviously. But my, I don't, I don't feel like my ego is important to me. I'm not as, as cool as it is that I have the platform that I do. I don't think that I use it um, to its fullest extent. So, like a lot of people say, you have the ability to talk to 60,000 people. I don't think of it like that. I get messages from people, and I look at them, and I see their thumbnails, and I look at their profiles, and I'm like, these are my friends. These are my people. You know. So as far as ego is concerned, I don't look at myself any differently than... I would say the common man, so to speak. I think I phrased my question wrong. I mean, like, humans are, like, they're aware of their power. When you get, like, everything stripped from you, like, what type of – do you lose all confidence? Does that happen? I am never in a short for, for, for being confident. Okay. I oh, – I, I'm um, a little bit egotistical, to be honest with you. Dude, can I tell you something? Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I love I fucking <laughs> I love me some me. Let's go. I think I'm like the greatest thing going. So maybe that is ego. That's yeah, that's a, that's a big ego. Whatever, dog. dude. <laughs> so um but I don't I'm not like a flashy dude. I'm not like trying to show anybody up. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I you know, I like my chances. I love I think me. You're smooth. I really do. I think it's a great quality to have. I think it's a gift and a curse. I think it can be very, very good and very positive. I think it can really fuck people up. Yeah, I feel you. A little humility in there. Toss that in the mix. Need it. Put it in the blender. Need it. Know what you also put in the blender? Yeah. A ho-ho. That's what's up. But yeah. then, it, then it's, more of a, it's more of a milkshake. I'm more of a ring-ding guy than a ho-ho, but yeah, we can get it. So post-surgery, you still you still have some ring-dings? I'm not fucking up like, like cakes and shit, no. So what did you eat today? Today? Yeah. I... um. I had a protein shake for breakfast. What was in that? Whey protein? It's it's pre-made. Uh, are you drinking Boost? Don't tell me you're drinking Boost. No, I'm not drinking fucking Boost. <laughs> Retirement home drink. Listen, motherfucker. <laughs> I've had a Boost or two in my life. And, I'm, and you're uh, wearing Velcro shoes. Listen. <laughs> you're about to get punched. I'm about to call him Colin again, yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> Whoa. All right. Fucking Colin over here has a fresh prick. Give and him no, that right hook. And nobody, don't miss. No, it's the left that's dangerous. No. You don't even see it Southpaw. coming. Oh, I'm not a southpaw, no. but I can throw that left like it's no how many, to, how many total fights do you think you've been in your life? I don't want to get into it. Really that many? A lot. See, that's interesting. Like I, I've, I've probably been like eight. You've been in more than eight fights? Oh, my God, yeah. What was the worst one? As far as me getting my head kicked in? Yeah, well, yeah, like damage-wise. Um, I, I had my, I had my clavicle broken. That's I got hit in the head with a fucking shovel and, and should have been dead and, and, and never hit the ground. <laughs> that was before Iron Man? 
Well Whoa. before. Whoa. My my twenties were, were the roaring twenties. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I was a fucking meathead. One hundred percent. Hey, C Mac. Any last questions for wrap? Is no, there anything else you want to say? Um, I really appreciate you and and bringing me back for this. I enjoy. Uh, Did I ask all the questions that? I mean, I, I this is this is your show. This is your format, and I think that that what you do, for what it is, you are a very talented young man. Thank you. So I'm I and I I pay attention to all the stuff you do, and respect your hustle. I see what you do, and even if I call you Colin, it's okay. Do you don't have to worry about calling me? Colin. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Believe me, I'm not moved. So um, I just want to say that I I respect what you do. Um, and having a medium for me to tell people um, where I'm at right now, this was a really good opportunity because I haven't said much in the last couple of months as far as who you know who's who and what's what. This was an amazing format for me to be able to say, this is what happened, this is how this transpired, and this is what we're doing moving forward. So I refer to my trucker nation as my people. These are my these Not are my, the trucker bros and trucker. These hoes. are my trucker hoes and trucker bros. <laughs> And uh, I'm I'm looking forward to getting this content out to them. One last question: Do you now feel obligated to document the rest of the journey? I feel like honestly, that might if there's a higher power, he's probably telling them like, "Yo, you got to share this story with everyone because it's a fucking roller coaster." The, big, this the, help people. the biggest thing, and I will say this until my fucking head falls off: the most important thing that people can do right now to protect themselves from heart disease and imminent fucking nightmares, strokes, and all this shit, stop smoking cigarettes. Tobacco, big tobacco, which is obviously run by this beautiful country we live in, was literally the reason that I was almost taken out. The fact that I combined cigarettes with diabetes and being a fat fuck, it literally almost took me out. So 10, 11, 12, however many dollars a pack of cigarettes is. And I've only been smoke-free since July. But if I can say that to anybody, and two people, five people, 20 people, 2,000 people say, fuck cigarettes, I really feel like I've done something. Let's go. So that's like, you found a purpose. That's fire. Let's go. All right, let's unball our eyes out up here. We already had enough. <laughs> hey, I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Give me go. Give me corporate. There we go. <laughs> Fresh. Hey, C-Mac. Whenever you're ready, we can cut it. No platinum hour. Oh, right. Thank you. That's a fucking guy. You remember how to start and end? So you say, hi, your name, and this is my platinum hour. And directly after, no break, hi, your name, and that was. So it's this is and that was. And put your sauce on it. Post-surgery from the dead. Andy's back. From the motherfucking dead. My name is the Boston Trucker. This is my platinum hour. Bang. My name is the Boston Trucker. That was my platinum hour. Well executed.